Hey everybody, Mike Dempsey here. It's NFL playoff time, and you can still win playing Underdog Fantasy by picking higher or lower on player stats at underdogfantasy.com. Sign up with promo code 1010XL, and Underdog will double your first deposit up to $100. Trevor drops, looks, looks, fires back in the end zone, caught for the touchdown! Touchdown in the back of the end zone to Calvin Ridley and Jacksonville has taken the lead. Checks it down underneath. That's a crossing route to Christian Kirk. 30, 25, 20, 15, 10. Christian Kirk to the goal line. Touchdown, Jacksonville. A crossing route to Christian Kirk. And the Jags have retaken the lead. Fires this one deep downfield, and that ball is going to be picked off. The Jags pick it off, and they're going to run it back. That is Dewey Winger. Picked it off in the middle of the field. He's still running it back. He got it into Pittsburgh territory. Andrew Wingard stepped up and picked that thing off. Just disappointing, disappointing the way we finished our season. Obviously, it's, it's definitely not good enough. You know, things start with me, and I got to make sure that I'm holding myself accountable and I'm doing all I can to, you know, help our football team win on and off the football field, but just not good enough. Uh, it hurts, you know, it hurts to not be able to finish. And you look at where we were at one point in the season and just finished really, really poorly and kind of you know, gave it away. So there's so many things you look at and it's disappointing and frustrating and we have a lot of really great players and I think we have the potential to be a great team. We didn't finish the year that way. 1010XL 92.5 FM presents Jaguars Today with your hosts Mike Dempsey, Tony Smith, and Hold my pocket! Dylan Denmark. All right, good morning, everybody. Welcome in. Happy Wednesday to you. It is Jaguars Today as we move through the month of January. Getting pretty late here in the month as we move towards championship weekend, a weekend where we can just uh, eat our hearts out. Wonder what if. All right, good morning. Good morning, Tony Smith. How are you? Good morning. Doing well. I feel like uh, we're kind of in hurry up and wait mode (laughs) on everything right now with the Jags. We got our defensive coordinator Mm -hmm. waiting for the staff to get filled out, waiting for free agency to get here, waiting to see if they get a deal done with Josh Allen before the franchise tag window opens up. Doesn't, you know, just because nobody feels like that's the case, we really don't know what's going on behind the scenes. And and no. uh, But you've heard a lot of speculation from Jaguar reporters that they may opt to have him prove his worth again, something along those lines. Sure. Um, I wonder how the new defensive coordinator – Factors into that, you know, does he get any kind of say in terms of how he envisions this guy fitting into his system long term? I would imagine that Josh Allen, pretty versatile player, right? I mean, we've seen him play in a 4-3. We've seen him play in a 3-4. He could play in anybody's scheme. He's an asset to your football team. Um, He'd be the one defensive player you could at least afford to lose on this team. I, Certainly, I, I couldn't yeah. see Ryan Nielsen having much of a different opinion on that. Uh, no, I, I wouldn't imagine so. When you have a guy coming off the kind of year that Josh Allen just had, super productive, and it's you know he is the best player for the team on that side of the ball. I I don't even see there being a whole lot of question about that. I I guess some may want to debate Foyer maybe a little bit, but again. It's not as impactful as what Josh Allen gives you, especially uh, coming off of last season. And look, I think, I don't know if you agree because we haven't talked about it this way yet with the Josh Allen thing yet, but I feel like, yeah, the best option is to get the deal done and use the tag on Ridley, given the options that I don't think are actually going to hit free agency. 
when everything is set right, and T. done. Right, and Mike Evans. Right, like I don't think those guys are actually going to ever be free agents. And if they are, they're only one of each. Right. It's I, I think that Ridley is the clearest path at wide receiver when you're looking at free agency. I agree, and I, and I think he wants to be here. Right, but I don't think it's – you can't do that unless you get a deal done with Josh Allen Correct. first because Correct. you're not risking Josh Allen hitting free agency at all. Not a moment – not a second thought from that perspective. So if you don't get a deal done with Josh Allen before the deadline, yeah, he's going to be the guy that gets the franchise tag so you can extend the window to discuss with you know, him as opposed to you wait, put the tag on Ridley, and then you're playing the game of is he going to sign it quick or not? Like It's not like that's necessarily simple. But that's my preferred direction when everything is said. I, I would hope that if Calvin Ridley and, and I know I've been the one who's kind of thrown it out there that like if I'm his agent from his standpoint, he doesn't know the Jags anything, right? No. He doesn't know he he has to work for Calvin Ridley's best interest, and I think they'll probably agree that the best interest of Calvin Ridley is seeing what other teams would be willing to offer you and having more than one team competing for your services. Yeah. Try to drive the price up and get. The biggest, most amount of guaranteed money in a long-term deal because while well, the franchise tag is great and you and I get got franchise tag money for a wide receiver, Tony, we'd be set for life, no right? Doubt. And and these guys could be too if they choose to, but this is their earning power and this is not a, a like we try not to get caught up in what they make except in relation to what it allows the team to do with their salary cap space, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, if you're tying up a bunch of salary cap space, uh, are you worth the – uh, investment based on the return that you're giving, you know, and that's on a case by case basis. But I'm with you. Like, I would like to know that Calvin Ridley is going to be back on this football team because if Zay Jones is not going to be back, look, we know that there are a lot of holes on this team. We know there are holes on the offensive line. Um, whether we're talking about it as much as we have up until the last few days, cornerback. When you look at who's under contract beyond 2024, mm-hmm. you've either got to get a deal done with Tyson Campbell. Maybe extend Darius Williams or bring in more bodies that are here under contract for multiple seasons just to have a viable group on the back end beyond the most paper thin starting lineup because, you know, Trey Herndon's not even under contract right. for next year. You think you need to improve your run defense. Does that mean new personnel on the defensive line? So you need guys there as well. Do you, oh, you hate the idea of opening up? another hole because whether you think Christian Kirk's the most important receiver uh, to this core, and you can make a strong argument that he is, right? Sure. That you've got the rapport with Trevor Lawrence. You saw what happened when Kirk left, got hurt. The offense was not as good. The Jags were mired in a losing streak, all these different things. Uh, if you don't have Ridley and Zay Jones and all you've got is Kirk coming back, that's a massive gaping hole. Now, again, you're going to address some of this in free agency, whether it's Kirk or some, or I'm sorry, Ridley or somebody else coming mm-hmm. back. But I'm with you. the The cleanest thing to do would be get a deal done with Josh Allen. And quite honestly, I get it that deadlines make deals. You approach the deadline for getting it done, and people realize, well, if I don't get something done in the next 24 hours, 48 hours, then there's no deal to get done, and there's not that urgency right now. But I would try to create that sense of urgency that hey. The deadline for me getting a deal done with Josh Allen is February 20th. I've got a month, and that's the opening of the franchise tag yeah. window. Really, it's March 4th because I can extend it right to the two end weeks. of the window. Yeah, But it's somewhere in that two-week period. Is a month not enough time? How many months, how many weeks do you need 
to really get this done if this is your top priority. Yeah, I think, look, we've we've discussed what should be the parameters for whatever deal you want to offer Josh Allen, right? And we've we've said where we think he's above in the market to a couple of guys with Montez Sweat, you know, and Rashawn Gary who signed those deals this year, right? Like, we feel like he's above those guys. He's below the absolute top of the market with Bosa, but trying to figure out what below Bosa and above those guys actually means in a market where there's nothing really filling that gap in those contracts right now. So what offer are you going to make to Josh Allen to fill that gap? Because from his side, you know, I think if you do come, and we have talked about this with that, 23 to 25 million dollar a year offered that he probably says no franchise tag I would right so do you have to make it 2830 right which is below Bosa but it is the middle right like it's between Bosa and Watt now I think once and I think especially Garrett Garrett's going to get that deal redone Probably soon. It might be as soon as this offseason. Who knows when they're actually going to do it up there in Cleveland. But Garrett's going to get that deal redone, and he's going to set the market. Whenever Garrett gets his next deal, it's going to set the market. It's going to be above Bosa, and then things are going to fill out. I think if you offer a guy like Josh Allen what looks like crazy money, I think, to a bunch of fans, that $28 million a year deal now, I think by the time we get to two seasons down the line when you're looking at it, it's like, oh, he's the sixth highest paid defensive end. No big deal. Right, like that's not that big a deal, but you have to be willing to make him the second highest paid now for that to be that in the long run, which I I think it will be in the very near future. Uh, somebody asked, um, and we'll circle back to that because I, obviously, look, if you franchise tag Josh Allen, that's the number that he's eating up from your cap. Yes, right. Let's say it's twenty three million bucks, roughly, in there. If you get a long term deal done, you can structure it to where you're actually saving money. Having him save money line, as yeah. opposed to applying the franchise tag, at least for this year. And look, pushing it down the line is a viable way to do things. I mean, yeah. the, the Saints right now are like a projected $87 million over the cap. Yeah. Do you think they won't be under the cap by the time they need <laughs> to be? Of course they will. figure it out. Because yeah. it always happens, right? And they'll probably field a semi-competitive team as well. Somebody asked on the text line, would you pay 3 to $5 million more for T. Higgins uh, if you could? Uh, would you do it over Calvin Ridley? Yes, but it, there are many problems with that. You don't know if the Bengals are going to get a deal worked out with T. Higgins if he'll even be on the market. Mm-hmm. Even then, if you if he is on the market, are you going to be able to outbid everybody else? Even if you outbid everybody else, does he choose to come to Jacksonville? Maybe he does under all those circumstances. And while you're trying to figure that out, does Ridley say, I'm not going to wait around. Somebody else is offering me this. I'm going to take that deal. Yeah. Right? So, I mean, you yes. In a, in a perfect world, give me the much younger player who's also been a very productive guy. And I think in terms of body type and the type of receiver he is, fits in well with some of the smaller, faster guys that the Jags can put on the field. Sure. But, you know, you're it's not, not going to be the only team offering T. Higgins that when he hits the market either. You right? just don't like, know. I the, mean, the market for him is going to be super competitive if there is one. But yes, if if that were the choice, if I could pay Calvin Ridley, I'm just picking a number here, 17 mm-hmm. million a year for four years, or if I could pay 24 million a year for T. Higgins, I'd pay T. Higgins. I would too. I'd pay T. Higgins. That he's a younger guy. Again, I think you know he he offers a lot of the same things Ridley does. Offers them in different ways. Uh, offers you a guy who can make contested catches. Offers you a lot 
more years ahead yeah. of his the prime of his career. But like you said, you just don't know. But yeah, in in a hypothetical world, I would do that. Choosing but, this or that, I would choose that. Right, but you can't. You don't have that level of control. You don't even know if he's going to get to the point where you're allowed to even offer him a yeah. contract. And I would choose that until there are five other teams that are willing to do that, and those five other teams are willing to say, you know what, we'll make it 27. And they, and they might. Right. Like, that's the and, kind of thing that could happen with T. Higgins if he hits free agency. Again, I don't expect that he's going and, to. And, and if you offer him 25 and the Bengals offer him 23, who's to say didn't to say, oh, let's stay here with yeah. the, the devil I know with Joe Burrow and Jamar Chase and these sure. guys. Right? I mean, so you can hope to do that. You can't really plan to yeah. do that. They've though. been to a Super Bowl with a healthy Joe Burrow. I mean, you make your run. I, I – I think the Jags would probably – I don't even know what their interest level is in T. Higgins. I would hope it would be high mm -hmm. if he would be available, but I bet they're operating under the assumption he's not going to be available. I think that's what most people feel. I would think and so. And maybe I'm wrong, and I hope I am. I'd love to see T. Higgins in Teal. Don't think it's going to happen, but uh, would like to see it. All right, uh, we know free agency can change everything drastically. And it was interesting because the other day uh, Jeff Prosser said he felt like there was – a bit of a division in the fan base between offensive line and wide receiver, what their interest was in mm -hmm. the middle of the first round. I think now with the hiring of Ryan Nielsen, not, not that it really changes what your needs are necessarily. People have talked about, well, he plays a lot more man. You need more man corners. You need corners, period. You needed corners regardless. Even if you had Tyson Campbell under contract for the long haul and you weren't switching anything about the defense, you could make an argument that cornerback is one of your top priorities because mm -hmm. Darius Williams got one year left on his deal and who else do you have that's proven that you can count on? Um, so it's interesting to see the shift a little bit over the last couple of days, at least my perception is, in this question asking you today uh, from our friends at Chad and Sandy Real Estate, knowing that free agency can change everything, right? The Jags go out, sign a couple of offensive linemen, all of a sudden maybe you feel like, oh, you know what? That priority falls way down to the bottom of the list, and that's sure. fine. As it stands today, which position group you think the Jags are most likely to address with their first pick in the draft. And we all understand as well that they've got a bunch of picks. They're going to address a bunch of positions, we hope, and we hope they do it well. Uh, but, you know, we can't even know what their needs are going to be when they get on the clock with 17. Nope. We certainly don't know. You know, then that pick is going to affect what happens down the line and down the line and down the line. It's it, large part why we focus on that first round selection plus the pool of players you really got to get to know is a lot smaller as well so we're asking you today which position group do you think is most likely is it corner is it defensive line and that could be tackle or uh, like Jared Verse is sitting there mm -hmm. I mean as much as we clamored for edge rush last offseason if you've got an edge rusher that you feel is maybe a top 10 graded player he's the highest graded player on your board you automatically take him off, even if you've invested that big money in Josh Allen? I don't know. Mm -hmm. um, offensive line, and that's primarily looking at guard, or maybe you draft a right tackle under certain scenarios if Cam Robinson walks, or maybe you draft one of those guys that you're going to bring him in, and maybe he's going to play tackle, or maybe he'll move inside, whatever the case may be. But offensive line as a position group, or simply wide receiver, mm -hmm. and there are just less of those guys that line up, but there's certainly some. Uh, you know, in, in some mocks, you see Roma Dunze. I, I get people telling me, there's no way he's going to be. I, I, we don't know, okay? And he, based on the majority of projections, I would agree. He's probably not going to be there at 17. Sure. I don't think, uh, if if we're living in the, the age of the multiverse, Tony, I think there are at least a few 
uh, universes where Roma Dunze is available to the Jaguars in the middle of round one. Yeah, in light of the conversation we've had throughout this first segment of the show today, there's no way in the world I thought Josh Allen was going to be available to the Jags the year they got him. Good point. Now, right. you're, you're drafting at 17. It's, it's a lot later than eight. But it's this idea that he's never going to get to seven? us. It was, I think it was eight. thought it was eight. But there's no way he's going to fall to us. Like, I remember having the conversations leading up to the draft. I remember having that conversation on draft day. It's like, if Josh Allen is there, it's a no-brainer. It's not going to happen. Right. Right? Like, that's the way that it felt going into draft night. And then sometimes it does. And then sometimes it does. So, for the – there's no way this wide receiver is going to be there at 17. Seven. Well, sometimes – Sometimes it happens, right, that a player becomes available to you for whatever reason. The draft can be weird from our perspective of three months of conversation with very limited information compared to what NFL teams have, right, when everything is said and done when we get to draft day. So, yeah, it's not impossible. If that's the guy you want, I'm not saying that I think it's likely that he's going to be available, but if that's the guy you would take if he was available at 17, then vote that way. Interesting. Um, that draft, Kyler Murray at one, mm-hmm. right? And you get it's quarterback, you get it, right? For sure. Nick Bosa at two, very good pick. Worked out. Quinn and Williams been a very good pick. Yeah. Cleveland Furl, terrible selection Ooh. by the Ray. I mean that was the one. That's the one. Like that's where Josh Allen was going. Like yeah. the, the entire draft process, it was Raiders, Allen, locked together. <laughs> what, what what would the Jags have done yeah. at that point in the draft? I'm not sure. Um Devin White was great. I feel like a little bit of the bloom is Last off the road. Last couple right? been weird with him. Yeah. It has been, right? Like, there's been talk like he's been getting outplayed by reserves and like different Kenny, things. Like, Britt's, K.J. Britt. Yeah, K.J. Britt. Is who they've been playing at that spot. Right. Daniel Jones went sixth. I mean, like, I get it. It's quarterback, it's quarterback position. Yeah. And then you had Allen. And then you had the rest of the top ten was T.J. Hawkinson, who's been very good when yep. healthy. Ed Oliver, who really started to come on this year. Yes, in he did. A, a slow kind of start. But then there's a rare swing and a miss. At least it feels rare. Pittsburgh taking Devin Bush at yeah. 10 overall right there. You look at some of the guys that are out there. Uh, Rashawn Gary just got that big deal. Uh, Christian Wilkins. Oh, what a player, man. <laughs> Demetrius Harvey brought him up on a right. break yesterday. I'm like, oh, I could have just like, dream uh, about signing Christian like Wilkins. You go through that list, and I'm hoping that if Allen hadn't been available to him because he had gone forward, that I, that Oliver and Wilkins would have been what they were deciding. Maybe. Between. Maybe Brian Burns. Maybe. You know, yeah. I and Brian Burns went 16th. If Brian yeah. Burns had ended up going 7th with his production, what he's had, wouldn't have been the – a tragic pick, no, whatsoever. Is another guy, you know, and that that's there are some guys out there, um, you know, that are heading into free agency right now. Um, at the same time as Josh Allen, or they've been taken off the board already uh, mm-hmm. by uh, their team, like Nick Bosa or Rashawn Gary. In that case, anyway, uh, you can vote on as you feel right now which position, but uh, we're wide open to discuss any aspect of Jaguar football with you. I want to go back in to some of the responses we got yesterday uh, with Ryan Nielsen. We asked you, what's your reaction to Nielsen being named the defensive coordinator? So we'll spend some time taking a look at those coming up. John Osher going to join us at the top of the next hour uh, for hour two of the broadcast. Uh, Pockets, how are things down in your neck of the woods? We're good, man. We're uh, getting ready for track season starts Monday. Is that right? Yeah. Uh, All right. Well, um, you know, hopefully it it goes better than uh, faculty versus student (laughs) basketball. Yeah, well, I'm not not running track. That's good. That's yeah, good. I wouldn't be hurting, hurting. Make sure you get a clean baton exchange. Oh, I'll keep him in my car. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we're good. Excellent. Uh, yeah. Tony, what's going on? The fans have been clamoring 
Trent Baalke set to meet the media tomorrow at 1130. Mm. Yeah. Well, that probably throws a big monkey wrench into John Shipley it joining the program does. tomorrow is my guess. But, uh, well, there you go. Um, and that's been rumored, and Ship told us, too, that that could be coming down this week. So we'll see. Maybe we can get Ship in here for the first hour tomorrow. We'll talk to him afterwards. But that was the plan. And then Balky will speak tomorrow at 1130. So um, it, it, I, I don't think he's going to announce he's stepping down. <laughs> that's my not. guess. Okay, yeah. that's my guess. Could be wrong. <laughs> you know what? We didn't think Josh Allen would make it to us with the seventh pick. Mm -hmm. Fingers crossed, everybody, okay? I'd be uh, much more surprised if Balky walked I I'll away. I'll send <laughs> good thoughts right there. I will send good thoughts to you out there. All right, mm -hmm. uh, we've got uh, Tony Smith, Dylan Denmark, Johnny O on the way. You're listening to Jaguars today. Keep it right here on 1010XL and 92.5 FM. Now more Jaguars today on 1010XL. VIP. Uh, this always abuses me a little bit. Anyway, depends on the mood I'm in. You know what? I could go right along with this if I needed to. So Trent Balky tomorrow at 1130. Just got off the phone with the intrepid Jaguar reporter from Jaguar Report, John Shipley. <laughs> yeah. Underscore John, underscore Shipley. Love the guy. Um, and uh, Shipley goes, dang it, is this going to call you? I'm like, well, I hope, Ship, you're going to wait till we got to the break. Okay. <laughs> but uh, Ship was uh, like Demetrius, going to be in for the full show tomorrow. Mm -hmm. Obviously, he's got to be at the Trent Balky presser. So, um, you know, we could have done it a bunch of different ways. We decided Ship's going to come in from 10 to 11 tomorrow. Okay. And we'll talk Jaguar football, obviously. And then he'll go off and uh, we'll, I would. Imagine we might be carrying the Trent Balky presser live. Depending, you know, I, we're just finding not out sure about how it. It's going to work, right? Yeah. So, you know, I'm not the technical guy. If I show up, and they tell me we're holding the uh, the presser live or carrying it live. That's what we'll do. But mm -hmm. anyway, uh, so John Shipley will be in for an hour tomorrow, and uh, we told John obviously we want to have he and Demetrius and Hayes and all these guys that we don't have regularly throughout the season on. Uh, as much as we can in the off season, and so uh, anyway, Ship will get an hour tomorrow, and then uh, join us for the full show whenever it's convenient for him. Um, so, <laughs> you know, it it the timing is okay. What two and a half weeks after the fact, but he's going to talk right, and he's going to answer whatever questions you have. And yeah. I mean, I, I suppose the dust has to settle to some degree. Um, I don't know how quickly Shad Khan makes the decision on the front office. It didn't ever seem like there was much of a debate going on. At least I didn't see any reporting to that effect that Shad was torn. Should I start fresh with a new general manager? Right. We didn't mm -hmm. really get that sense. We had a, there was a lot of that buzz about the EVP last year. Yeah. That it was out there and then it came to pass that they did have interest in Rick Spielman and they brought in Rick Spielman and they talked to him and then Balky Peterson kind of jointly the way it was explained convinced him, oh, we got this, right? I mean, is that fair to say? Oversimplification maybe, but yeah, I think it's fair to say. And maybe if you're Doug Peterson, you don't want another layer of interference, you know, especially if it, it, what we're hearing is Trent's got a vision, Doug's got a vision. That vision doesn't always match up. Now, in the end, they'll tell you, well, good working relationship. You're going to have disagreements, and you yeah. have to come to a consensus. Yeah. And then once whatever you do, that you, you got to be on the same page. Yeah, whatever of that that you expect to come out in a press conference tomorrow, let go of that dream, right? None of that's going to get exposed tomorrow if it's real, 
right? Like, it's not like Trent Baalke's going to open the door wide to this is why me and Doug aren't really, you know? Right, but I I, th- I hope he gets asked. Oh, and and ask. we won't be there because we'll be on the air. But yeah. I hope he gets asked. Um, we've seen reports that you were dissatisfied with the offensive coaching staff, particularly Press Taylor. Sure. Did you indicate your desire to move on from Press Taylor? And do you have that kind of authority? And who's sure. who's got final say? And who the hell is hiring this defensive coordinator? And are you both just submitting a list of names to Shad Khan and Tony Khan and saying, here's who our candidates are? Pick I mean, what's the process here? Sure. Right? And why isn't a – if it is anything other than this, why isn't – a Super Bowl winning head coach allowed to pick who is on his coaching staff. Oh, I don't I don't doubt those questions will be asked because I hope this so. is the only opportunity to ask Trent Baalke those kind of questions is the every now and then when he's talking to the media. But I don't expect to get anything in an answer from Trent Baalke beyond, you know, we we work well together. We're all working towards the same goal here. You know, like I expect that to be the answers that you get from Trent Baalke. Whether you buy it or not. That's up to you, right? Like, whether you actually believe what Trent Baalke answers any of those questions, I'm fine with him being asked the question, and I hope he is uh, when he has his press conference tomorrow. My guess would be that we learn nothing coming out of Trent Baalke's press conference outside of whatever assumptions you're going to carry into it tomorrow. I don't think any of that's going to be dissuaded based on what happens tomorrow. You know, I I would like, now that everything has gone down, you know, Doug Peterson did his – season wrap-up, mm-hmm. obviously, I mean, it seems obvious in hindsight with major moves already on his mind because it was just within a few hours that so many of those coaches got purged from the staff. All right, what about now? Let's sit them down together side-by-side. Side. I want to hear from Doug again. Sure. Please, uh, especially on the Ryan Nielsen hire. They're going to introduce Ryan Nielsen at some point. And, Maybe. Yeah. And who will be up there with him when oh, they no. do? Yeah. Right or or will they not? And will they just move on and go? Now you could talk to him when yeah. minicamp rolls around. But it's how little I expect to actually learn from Trent Baalke tomorrow is why I haven't been clamoring for it to happen. I, I hear you. I thought it should happen because that's your job, man. You're the GM. It's the end of the season. It's disappointing. At some point, you got to sit in front of the media and answer all the questions that you don't want to even be asked. And most GMs have done that by this right. point. Right. Like, it, it, he should do what he's doing tomorrow, right? And maybe it shouldn't have taken two weeks for it to happen. Everyone can feel however they want to about all of those things. I just don't think we're actually – going to really learn much about what's going on with the organization based on whatever Trent Baalke is going to be willing to say in tomorrow's press conference. Doesn't mean I don't think he should do it. I think he should. I think it could have been done a couple of weeks ago and would have been fine if it had been. I just don't expect it to shine much light. Well, I I hope that questions are asked that make him uncomfortable because, you know, look, everybody wants to answer it the way they want to answer anything, and that's in – in sports, in politics, in in life, in whatever, right? You want to put your best possible spin on it. And I hope he gets, you know, um, held to, uh, yeah, answering the the pointed stuff. And and we'll see. Maybe he will. And who knows? And I'll say this: for those, I I think there's. I don't know what percentage it is. I think there's a small percentage out there holding out hope. Well, until and unless and Balky hasn't gotten up there, things are still changing around the NFL, right? Teams are still mm-hmm. making major decisions with their staff and the front office. Yeah, Green Bay just fired their DC or OC. Maybe. Well, yeah. could, could we 
see Shad Khan come to his senses, right? And I'm and you know, I'm just kind of putting it in the no, parlance of how somebody yeah. might be thinking. I think once Trent Balky gets up there, even those people that had that and I think that number is probably incredibly small. I think they, yeah. they want that to happen. Even the ones who go, hey, n- none of this matters as long as Balky's here. Well, it does matter because either Nielsen's going to be good or he's going to be bad. No matter who yeah. had the final say on hiring him, it, it matters who the D coordinator is because he's going to have an impact every single week of the season no on doubt. the outcome of these games. So it does matter. Um, and I don't care if he turns out to be good. I don't care who hired him, right? I mean, I, I think – I care in the sense that I feel the coach should have final say over his staff because I think inevitably it just leads to dissension and conflict. And if this is where it's at right now, I think it's inevitable that it's going to end with a, a bad separation. Uh, either sure. one, one's one got to go or both are going to go at the same time. Yeah. And it's not going to be pretty. Um, but Whatever I, friction there is between the two guys – my guess is tomorrow when Trent Paulke is asked questions regarding that, that he'll say, Doug and I have a really good working relationship. We have relationship. a constructive relationship, and we, we, you know, we have differences of opinion. Like and we That's air what them I expect the answer sure. to be. If it's anything besides that, I'll be a little bit surprised, and that'll be something to react to, obviously. But I, I just don't think anything he's going to say tomorrow is going to affect anyone's opinion on those and, things. And it may not. Well, and I think people's opinions are often set ahead of time and they're looking Absolutely. for confirmation. But I do think it puts a little bit of finality on like for the, the last holdout people that Should are like, still be asked. He still needs to be asked the question and answer it however he sees fit to answer the question. I'm not saying that this shouldn't happen. Which question are we talking about now? Any of these questions oh, about the relationship I, with Doug, ta- all I'm that I'm not even stuff. talking about what he answers. I'm just talking about the fact that he is up there. It, it, clearly, if yeah. you had any question about Who's running the front office's team? There's no doubt. It's not like like because no I, I, I've heard from people they haven't put him out there yet. That gives me hope that there's still a change that's going to come. <laughs> I, I, that's what I'm saying. Like yeah. like I'm not saying that we don't want change with you. Yeah. But at a certain point, you have to realize change is not coming. So what can we do to make the best out of the situation it is right now? If we're not going to get that specific change that we're looking for, right? Because yeah. the, it does still matter to me. It still matters. I mean, it mattered when they won the division last year and they won a playoff game, sure. right? So, yeah. And he was the GM then. So I, I don't care if you look at it as let's do it in spite of him, um, overcoming his mm-hmm. poor – whatever the case, it all still matters, to me at least. Yeah. And I he think was it matters the GM to most when Jaguar they won fans. the division. He was the GM when they were 8-3, and three, and he's the GM when they finished 9-8. and eight. Like, he's he's got to carry all that. And, look, we'll see how he wants to answer these questions tomorrow. I, I'm – Good that he's meeting the media. For all those that were holding out hope that he wouldn't be the guy that ultimately gets to meet the media as the GM. Sorry, guys. It's it's not a surprise, but Trent Baalke, the Jaguars' general manager, is going to meet the media tomorrow. And I don't think he's going to go, uh, if you you know listen to our conversation with Pete Prisco yesterday, I don't even want to say because somebody's going to misinterpret what I'm saying. Yeah, yeah. I don't think he's going to get up there and go, well, peace out. Yep. I'm headed to the NFL front office. Nope. The league office. Uh, I don't think that's what you're going to get. Um, but Jason on Twitter, uh, today's question of the day. I voted offensive line. He'll probably pick inside linebacker. And then I get the woozy face uh, emoji <laughs> that followed that one. Wah, wah. All right. Uh, we'll take a break here. Come back. If you want to get in, 641-1010 on the All-Pro Roofing phone lines. Uh, Johnny O on the way. By the way, hit us up at MD underscore 1010XL at 1010XL Fat Tony and at 1010XL Denmark, and you can vote on today's uh, question of the day about the, uh, as it stands now, the likelihood of which position group 
the Jags could be focusing on early in the NFL draft. This is Jaguars Today on 1010XL and 92.5 FM. Jaguars Today on 1010XL. All right, uh, you found out along with us, Trent Baalke will speak to the media tomorrow, just about 24 hours from now, 11.30 a.m. tomorrow, and we will endeavor to carry that for you live here on the radio side of things. Keep in mind what we usually will simply do, Jaguars.com streams it. We will, because they're our broadcast partner, pick up the Jaguar.com feed, giving them full credit, obviously, and that's what you'll hear over the radio. Mm-hmm. But what we can't do, because they're the exclusive streaming outlet of that Jaguar uh, production, we cannot stream that. So if you listen to the app and you listen to the AM or the FM stream, not sure about YouTube yet, but anything other than over-the-air broadcast, we may not be able to make that available. So I'm letting you know that now. If you listen sure. in those modes, if there's a way for you to listen. And and I understand for a lot of people outside the market that those are the ways they listen to the program. Well, you know, tune into Jaguars.com and mm-hmm. listen to the stream right there. It'll be the same thing, right? And we're just all trying to bring you the same yep. content and uh, hear from the general manager tomorrow. So that's coming up on the program at 11.30 tomorrow. Uh, this one, I think it's fair, on the text line designed by Lifetime Enclosures, where does the narrative come from that there's discourse between Doug and Trent or that the defensive coordinator hire maybe Trent's call? I doubt a coach with the cachet of Doug would stand for that. Well, coaches get put in a position where it's kind of like, I'm not saying this is what happened here, that if you want to continue coaching – you're going to have to make some concessions to from time to time, and even highly successful coaches. I think it's a recipe for disaster. When you start telling a coach, somebody outside of yourself is going to fill out your staff, those have got to be guys you have a degree of trust in, mm-hmm. that you have a shared vision with. All this. I'm not saying you can't have that if somebody else picks them, but I think generally there's going to be it's human nature to have a little resentment or just a little, this might not have been my first choice or, you know, it's okay. This is your guy. I hope it works out. Um, there has been some reporting that Trent Balky was unhappy with press Taylor and mm-hmm. late in the season. And that Doug kind of stood up for his guy. And there's a sense out there that, Trent, maybe like kind of a compromise is like, okay, you handle the offense. We're going to get you new defensive coaching staff. There's got to be some kind of sacrificial limb. Somebody's head's got to roll. The defensive mm-hmm. coach's head's rolled along with a few offensive guys as well. You know what? We'll find out tomorrow. Yeah. And, and, or the questions will certainly be asked. That doesn't mean he'll answer in any way that like shines any light on how it worked. But I will say but this. But it should be asked. I, 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 I will – Wait until I hear how they're answered, but mm-hmm. you can sometimes tell by the way someone non-answers a question. Sure, what it, like if you don't answer something directly, it a non-answer becomes very suspicious, right? Like if you're not willing to deny what seems to be obvious, people are going to assume that that is factual. Mm-hmm. Now again, I don't know. Let's let's give Trent Bulky a chance to speak and hear the questions that are asked and how he responds to them before we yeah. start killing him for answers that haven't even been given, right? Yeah. We so, haven't heard from Doug or Trent about any of this outside of a no. couple of statements released by Doug Peterson. Right? Statements 
right? <laughs> Written statements about some of the decisions they've made in regards to the defensive coaching staff and the hire of a new defensive coordinator. We've had a couple of statements from Doug Peterson. That's the extent of what we've gotten from the organization since those decisions were made. Trent Baalke's talking to the media tomorrow. Like Doug Peterson, even his end-of-season press conference was before they fired Caldwell, right? Like it, it, We haven't had anybody from the organization at a podium since that went down. Tomorrow they do. Trent Baalke's going to be at the podium, so some of the questions that maybe Doug Peterson would have been asked two weeks ago about some of these things, well, they're probably going to be asked tomorrow. And we'll see how Trent Baalke wants to answer or not answer those questions, but I certainly expect them to be asked. Uh, somebody on the text line, you asked, why is a Super Bowl winning coach not in the decision-making, if that's in fact the case, yeah. on what coaches are on the staff? My answer is, look what coaches he's brought in on offense. Should we have confidence in his ability to build a staff? Well, if you didn't, you shouldn't have hired him. Right. You, that, that's a decision you got to make before you even hire the guy. Right. And by the way, were we – Complaining about all these decisions he's made on the offensive side when they went 9-8 and eight last year no. and won the division and Trevor Lawrence played great in the second half of the season and they won a playoff game. No. We weren't complaining about the same exact coaches on the staff at that point. And I get, oh, well, that, that's before Press Taylor was calling all the plays. and oh, He was calling half of them. He was calling half of them. He was still part of that staff. And the more productive half, he was calling half the According plays. According to what we were told. Yeah. Right. So, I mean, look, I, I get it, but you sit here. Do If you don't have confidence in the guy to fill out a coaching staff, get rid of the guy. Yeah. Then you've lost confidence in the guy, right, in, in a major facet of what the job entails, which is identifying coaches that have a chance to succeed at a high level and then attracting them to those open positions. Yeah. Which is, if that's the way you feel about it, then okay. If you're ready to move on from Doug Peterson, that's your prerogative Absolutely. to be ready to move on from Doug Peterson. But don't, you know, try to kind of step around it in these different ways. You can't have the opinion that he doesn't put together a good staff, isn't capable of put together putting together a good staff, and that he should still be the head coach. Like those two things don't match, right? Like it that just doesn't go together. If you're saying that he can't put together a staff and you're really trying to say he should be gone, then say it. Then that's fine. And and that's your prerogative, right? right? But let's let's be clear about what you we're saying You and I don't here. have to agree with that opinion, but if that's how you're feeling about it, just say it. And, and, again, if you don't feel like a Super Bowl-winning coach is capable of filling out his staff competently, what in Trent Baalke's resume gives you confidence that he can do that? You know? Sure. I, I – I don't know yeah. if anything does, um, quite frankly. All right, uh, let's take a break here. We'll come back. I do want to get to some of these reactions uh, we asked you for yesterday to Ryan Nielsen being named the Jaguars' defensive coordinator. It seems like old news right now. We don't even have any news. All we know is Trent Baalke is going to speak tomorrow. So uh, we'll endeavor to carry that here for you on Jaguars today. Uh, John Osher will join us on the other side. We'll discuss Ryan Nielsen and more. 641-1010 if you want to get in on the All-Pro Roofing phone lines. Mike Dempsey. Tony Smith and Dylan Denmark here with you on Jaguars today. You're on 1010XL and 92.5 FM. Jaguars today on 1010XL. All right, Jaguars today, hour two upon us. I'm Mike Dempsey, Tony Smith, Johnny O on the way here from Jaguars.com. We'll hear from Trent Baalke tomorrow, 24 and a half hours from now. John Shipley will only be in for the first hour tomorrow, mm -hmm. as it turns out. And uh, you can 
start queuing up those would-be questions <laughs> for Trent Baalke because you could pretty much assume that will be our question of the day tomorrow. Yeah. Um, if you could ask Trent Baalke one question, what would it be? And uh, who knows? Maybe uh, one of the intrepid Jaguar reporters will actually pick up on that thread and say, oh, that's a good idea that I didn't think of previously. Oh, look at Johnny O joining the program. <laughs> How nice of him to come in. I know it's a, it's a new time for us here at 11 o'clock. We decided to start now with John. But uh, ni- nice for you to join us, John. How are you? you? Carolina blue. I yeah, like it. I, I am wearing the Carolina blue. Uh, They're good this year. Trent Baalke uh, talks tomorrow. Are they good? I don't know. I haven't, they are actually good. I, yeah. I assume they're good most years. But uh, <laughs> They were bad last year. Were they? Yeah. 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 That's what I get for assuming. That's right. <laughs> I don't follow. I don't, I tell you, that is one thing that I that was a young man sport oh, for yeah. me. Yeah, we talked about College that. basketball. In, the 20, in my 20s, I watched every college game that was on, and now I grew up. Watch I grew tournament. up high school, college, big Carolina fan, so I, I, I will watch their score on the crawler, but I can't say that I've I, I don't watch it. I'm with you. When I was a kid playing, I loved it. Right. Uh, you could relate to it. It's like, as hey, you get further away from it, I don't, I don't have a passion for it We still love watching like Big Monday, uh, you know, right. uh, with, you get all the, like, the Big East games and whatever, and then like, Tuesday you'd be in the gym trying out all the moves that you saw. Right, and that then going the back and watching Big Wednesday knowing you couldn't do it. Yeah, big Tuesday, big Wednesday, the whole lot of them, man. But uh, you know, I, I watch a lot of those uh, like Pepperdine games. Uh, oh yeah, you know, eleven thirty yeah. tip. Oh, the in college, the eleven thirty stuff on the West, it was fantastic. Oh, you never needed to sleep in college. Uh, John, we got a new defensive coordinator. Yep, for the Jags. Um, before we get your thoughts just on Nielsen himself, there are all kinds of scuttlebutt going around. I know Trent Baalke is going to speak tomorrow now mm-hmm. at eleven thirty, but there's been rumors that. The Nielsen was a guy that Balky was advocating for. Yeah. And that maybe Marquand Manuel or somebody else was Doug Peterson's preferred choice. Who's making the decision on these hiring calls? My assumption is uh, the head coach hires his staff. That's and what I, I would assume. And I I don't know any different from that. Um, you know, I'm not I'm obviously not in the meetings that would decide uh, if there's push and pull between that what level that is I I honestly don't know I I would assume the head coach hires his staff that's my understanding of it but it's uh I I feel like we're in for a frustrating uh round and round tomorrow trying to get you know I I feel like we're going to hear several times is a team decision it's a I would guess. it's a group decision it's and a, I mean if I was again Trent doesn't call me before press conferences if if I'm advising him, that's probably what I would tell him to say. Now, if, if I'm a fan, I, and there's some sort of, you know, percentage of how much this guy had, I'd want to know that. But I want to know if it comes down to this: if the head coach likes option A right. and the GM likes option B, does the head coach automatically win? Does it? It does it. Like you can like option B all you like, but if I'm the head coach and this is my defensive coordinator hire. That's it. It's my hire. That's right. what I want to know. Like, if Doug disagrees, and you can talk about, oh, we all come to a consensus at the end. Well, at the end, if you say we came to a consensus because the guy who's got 51% of the vote said it's going to be this way and we all fell in line, that's not really a consensus. Right. I, I'm, I'm not saying we're going to get definitive clarity on that, but that's what I want. Sure. <laughs> and uh, if there's even – yeah, I, I, I will, be interested to, I will be interested to listen. 
I don't have any insight. In, You're the one. In you, can, you can hold Balky's feet to the fire. You can ask him these pointed questions sure. tomorrow. Sure. <laughs> I could. <laughs> sure. Uh, all right, 641-1010. We got Johnny O in the house. So we'll get to some of these Ryan Nielsen reactions. Get John's thought on uh, Nielsen as well. And, and uh, I would imagine, John, unless maybe I'm wrong, um, a lot of us are kind of catching up, learning. We've learned throughout sure. this process who Ryan Nielsen is. Wasn't a guy that stood out to me until he got on the Jaguars' radar. And then right. we saw, oh, okay, he did a nice job improving a lot of the defensive metrics for the Atlanta Falcons. Hopefully he'll do the same here. I know people in Atlanta that I know and, and it, it speak very highly of him. Uh, great guy, leader. Uh, he's going to have two buzzwords, aggression and uh, I, I forget the other one, active or, you know, attack. Uh, that's his M.O., uh, multiple front leans toward a four, three plays more man, all that stuff, uh, is sort of the book on him, how that plays out in terms of what personnel they have here, how he mixes that, uh, remains to be seen, but everything, you know, he fits that uh, young defensive coordinator under 10 years in the league success in his first stop. No reason not to be excited about him. Uh, we'll see. All right, uh, Jason and Julington Creek going to get in first today at 641-1010 on the All-Pro Roofing phone lines. Jason, good morning. How are you? Good afternoon, gentlemen. Just love the show. I just think the fan base as a whole needs to pump the brakes, man. I mean, we're going into the season last year with a quarterback who's trying to get seven games, counting on a receiver who hadn't played in years. So need to add depth and move on. Pump the brakes. Thank you. All right. I, I, I mean – Okay, I, I, I guess he's saying expectations. Cool. That's fine, yeah. right? Like, I, I see nothing wrong with a lot of the expectations fans had going into last year. Yes, you had a young quarterback, but you had a young quarterback who had just come off a tremendous second half of his second season. And sure, Calvin Ridley uh, hadn't played in about two years, but he still represented an upgrade over Marvin Jones, in my opinion. I think almost, right. look at that was the expectation. Right, sure. uh, Marvin Jones – did he end up? Is he still on Detroit's roster? He left for family reasons Novemberish. Is that what it was? That's what it, it, it was very vague. I know he went back there, but he's you know, and Marvin was a very good player. I, yeah. I enjoyed having Marvin here. He's not a a difference maker on the. He's not a a guy that defensive coordinators stay up worrying no. nights about. Ridley can still be that guy, I believe. But um, hey, you know that's your prerogative. Uh, look, I I get when you win the division. And you go in and you're facing teams that are all at one point or another planning on starting rookie quarterbacks yeah. and you don't repeat. Uh, I, I think it's justified that Jaguar fans are disappointed. Sure. Now, you know, if your uh, expectation was they'd run the table and win the Super Bowl, it, you know, maybe that was a little bit unrealistic, but that's still fans being fans. Well, I think if you ask Doug, I'm sure Trent will say tomorrow, they were disappointed. I mean, I'm sure they had higher expectations for that. They were eight and three at one point and leading the division by two games and felt like they were not playing maybe as well as they wanted to, but certainly playing well enough to go win the East. I mean, the East, the, the South and have a puncher's chance in the playoffs, you know, to get to the, this weekend. So, uh, sure. They're disappointed. And, uh, you know, did heads need to roll, et cetera, et cetera? I'm not a big fire the coach guy. It's already happened, so that's it. But um, certainly, 
the plan moving forward needs to be known, and it'll be interesting to see what it is. You know, I I'm not uh, I'm not a pitchfork at the gate guy as much as some people, but sure, expectations were not met. Um, look, Houston is going to be picked by just about everybody to win the South next right. year, right? You could go, well, wait a minute, pump the brakes. They're only going to have a second-year quarterback. Uh, you know, Will Anderson's only going to his second year. D'Amico Ryan's in his second year. These receivers are so young. Uh, all that's true, and they won the division this year. And, you know, that doesn't guarantee that they will build on that next year. Right. Uh, will Anderson's like, you ain't seen nothing yet. You know, wait do you see. And there's, their expectations are already talking about. Should be much higher next year, sure. despite the fact that they went out and didn't put up an offensive touchdown in their final performance, right? right. It's very similar kind of the way things went. They won a playoff game. They they flamed out, didn't do well offensively. Very similar, right. But they still overall are buoyed by the fact that, hey, had a nice season, right. took us from the depths to here. Now we got to go from here. Right. We got to build on that. And so. the Jaguars, you know, uh, I think there is a school of thought that sort of needs to pull back about quote, just how disastrous the Jaguars season was. It certainly didn't meet expectations. It also was 9-8, and eight, and I don't see any reason that they shouldn't be able to improve on that and get back in the mix. It's not like they were 1-15. No, they weren't, so, but it, it, I, I think the But the finish sure is, feels like it. it. Well, the finish feels bad, and then you start to look at, at holes, and these holes may have existed anyway. Like, if they beat Tennessee, right – and nothing else changes, and they get in. Maybe they beat Cleveland, maybe they don't. They're still the same roster, sure. still the same team. But you feel different about Absolutely. them. Absolutely. Right? And and that's whether you should or not, that's up to you to decide. But um, they didn't, and now you look and you're like, like we're running the poll today, John. What's the most likely position they need to address? I think coming out of the season, we're like, oh, got to get offensive line mm-hmm. improved. Right? And that's still on the table. Wait a minute now. What if what if they do have to use a franchise tag on Josh Allen? What if Ridley leaves in free agency? What if Zay Jones is a cap casualty? Oh, a wide receiver. That's a big one, right? right? Wait a minute. We got a new defensive coordinator coming in who's a, a D-line coach by trade. We couldn't stop the run. What if we get one of those amazing, you know, do-it-all defensive tackles there? What if we find a guy who's really good in press man as a corner because we don't have many – I mean, you no, know. Yeah. How many first-round picks do we have again? Remind I, I got a question <laughs> we last week from somebody saying, well, clearly, you know, and had all the answers, of course, because most questioners We do. all do. Everybody um, does, and that's fine. Clearly what this team needs to do is draft offensive linemen, build the offensive line at the expense of all else. And my answer was general managers and coaches would love to build the offensive line at the expense of all else. But then they look around the roster and realize there's other things that have to be done too. So right, we're we're, every, blo- we're blocking great here. No one's open. Right. <laughs> it, oh, damn. Everybody knows that the offensive line must be strong, and yet when push comes to shove in terms of drafting the first round, you can't draft it every year because then you're not any good anywhere else. So that's that's the dilemma with team building. Well, the thing is, you got to hit. Your mid and later round picks yeah. sometimes at some of these positions, you know, and you know I think it was John Shipley yesterday tweeted something about hey you're you're going to find uh, and I'm paraphrasing here you're going to find alpha defensive backs in the first round at corners occasionally you do mm-hmm. but not as many like you find a lot more really good linemen Pro Bowl linemen in the third round the fourth round the fifth round like yes, oh they right. got this they got this guard in round six oh. and he's turned in this phenomenal player and talking about it through the draft it's not like they haven't tried 
right? No. They just let a right tackle that was a second-round pick walk. Cam Robinson was a second-round pick. That's not not investing in it. Walker Little was a second-round pick. Luke Fortner is a third-round pick. These are all guys that when you take them, when you take them, there's a chance that if they got to walk in the door as a starter, fine. That's the kind of draft value you're putting on an offensive lineman. You don't take guys in the second and third round of the NFL draft on the offensive line and say, you know what, give them two years. And then we'll find out. That's not generally how that position group works. So it's not like they haven't invested right. in that area. It hasn't paid off the way that they were hoping it would pay off. What is Walker Little at this point in his career? Uh, swing tackle. Right. A guy that when they ask him to play, he can play. Right. Right. Like he doesn't kill you when he's on the field, but he's not the guy we're going to say, that's our left tackle for the next five years, which was the hope going into this season. That doesn't seem to be the case. Yeah, to add to that, they also signed Brandon Scherf to big money. So Absolutely. The investments have been made. I get emails like that all the time. This team clearly doesn't care about the offensive line. <laughs> well, I, or, or this or that, right? They've they, addressed They didn't do it. anything to help Trevor. Well, You may not tried. like how they did it. They may have failed, right. but they tried. Right. Like, when you draft O-line, tight end, running back, you tried to help the offense this, yeah. this R- offseason. Yeah, I didn't even thought about it. Right. Now, did you – make the right decisions where there are better ways. Imagine just this. And again, I'm not a Britain strange hater, mm-hmm. but if you just sat there and took Osiris Torrance, who many people thought the Jags might take in the first round, he right. was sitting there for them in the second round. And he went in and started all year for Buffalo. You'd have one of those interior offensive line spots filled yeah. right now. And okay. Would you need a third string tight end still? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> I'll find me a third-string tight end mm-hmm. who can block a little bit because that's at best what Brenton Strange so far, was yeah. for your team. Right, so far. Uh, all right, we got to take a timeout. Let's come back. Let's get uh, into Ryan Nielsen a little bit deeper here on the other side with John Osier from Jaguars.com, 641-1010. If you want to get in on the All-Pro Roofing phone lines, you're listening to Jaguars today on 1010XL 92.5 FM. Oh Knows with Jaguars.com's John Osher. Brought to you by Kingfish Pest Control. Proud partner of the Jacksonville Jaguars. On 1010XL. Oh, we're already. uh, It's a joy, Tony, because after, you know, the Jags have really kept us from talking draft for the last two regular seasons. How dare they, right? It's a delight now to get. Last uh, year, draft talk was kind of fun. It was. Great. Because we're looking for. Little pieces to push us over the top. Yeah, of course he started we talking for. in March, probably right. Or I mean, it took well, a yeah, long it, time, right? right. And, and like at this point, we're still kind of recapping what went down because sure. we had just been eliminated. So yeah, we weren't even the draft was not quite on and the everything radar. Everything was yet. rosy. Right. Everything yeah. was rosy, and we were very happy with the first round. Yeah. I think the way things went down, and there was so much to talk about with. Taylor and Ingram and are they going to keep Arden Key like that was yes. right out of the season and do we they do anything in free city. agent like that carried us through and then it was like oh the draft's in a month how about that mm. like that's the way that it felt last year this year what was the not w- so much oh we built this city is that an Arden Key <laughs> that's just an Arden Key <laughs> uh, reference okay, right funny. there it's all yeah we built the culture it took me a couple seconds that's funny <laughs> just don't mind me I'm just here in the background uh anyway uh the, the, the reason I bring that up we had some specific questions in, John, what about this prospect at 17? And sure. granted, I get it. I get the interest. I love the, the interest, but it's very tough to know. Like somebody asked uh, Jerzon Newton, who I've seen. I'm looking at first mock I brought up, went 16th. He's a defensive lineman out of Illinois. Went 16th to uh, the Seahawks, one pick ahead of the Jags in this at a CBS mock. And he's uh, one of 
12, 13 guys that you see sort of mock to them a lot right now. Well, nothing's um, really shaking. Bucky out. Brooks, then he put his mock out two days ago. You think Bucky would have a decent feel for this team and, and everything? Um, doesn't have Newton in the first round at all. You know, I mean, I think we're still in that stage, too, yeah. that, that we, things have not coalesced. There's not a lot of group think yet. I saw Dane Brugler um, put out that he and Daniel Jeremiah are probably talking to the same sources because I think they had 27 to 32 of the same prospects in their initial first-round mock drafts this year. Yeah, and- they also both probably spend more time. Like, I know Bucky. I've gotten to know him a lot over, over the years from uh, Jaguars work, obviously. He really didn't start looking at the draft heavily until – the regular season's over with. Jeremiah and Brugler, you know, are year round doing it a little more year round, so they're probably a little more accurate at this point. Uh, Bucky, for um, what it's worth, had Tavondre Sweat, a University of Texas defensive tackle, going to right. the Jags. I'm not saying. By the way, defensive tackle is a position that when you take it in the middle of the first round, if you take in the right guy, there's certainly value sure. that can be had there, right? It's not like you go, oh. Can't take a D tackle, right? Now, yeah. if he's a space eater, you don't want. If he's just a run stuffing space right. eater, that's tail end of the first, into the second, into the third, whatever. But if he is a a potential penetrating three mm-hmm. technique type guy, I would just hate it. Not because it would be necessarily a bad pick that it wouldn't improve this roster. I would hate it because of what the investment has been. With some of the money that they poured into these D tackles yeah, on yep. this football team, you know, and I'm not saying that that just because you poured money there, you have to ignore it. Yeah. But it's like, damn. But man. I think the offensive line conversation we were just having, I would feel the same. If they draft offensive linemen, it's because they still have a need there. And yeah. if they draft interior defensive line, it's because they still have a need. But there. they have a need. But they have expensive guys. Like you look right now, who's playing guard? I get it. I, I mean, could it be Walker Little? Maybe. But if you move on from Sheriff for, as he's a cap casualty, yeah. at the moment, your yeah. guards will probably be, assuming Cam Robinson's back, it's Walker Little on one side and maybe Cooper Hodges, yeah. who's never played a down, right? So there, if you do go offensive line and you get one of these 330-pound maulers that maybe played right tackle tone but projects as a guard, mm-hmm. I think you'd be like, you know what? That's a plug-and-play. Right. Bam. Yeah. Defensive tackle, you're like, damn, we're paying this guy 10, we're paying this guy 12, we're paying this guy 10, and he's going to be part of a rotation. You know, it's like, oh, man. And, again, I'm not saying that's a bad football move. I'm just talking, you know, the the fan side of me would be frustrated with the use of resources. It's disappointing either way because either spot that they address, it's them having to find another answer for questions they thought they had answered, right? Like, it, it, and that's not – Atypical of the NFL. Those I don't know happen. that guard is as well, much. Barch. Well, I mean, I mean, you go back a little while. While yeah. I mean, Barch was here. I think coming into this year, they thought they had a young guy that yeah. was going to continue to improve, right? And I'm not saying you know they're not all current regime picks, but right. I, I guess I meant if 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 you're letting Sheriff go and drafting not to replace him. Sure. Uh, the way you set Sheriff's contract up. There was a possibility Absolutely. that this it was a two-year deal. Anyway, so yeah. that would be a little more palpable, but, but I get your point. Let, let's say you had – let's say Fortner – everybody loved Fortner, right? <laughs> in right. A, in a parallel universe uh, <laughs> where where Fortner was just, just continued to improve, got a lot stronger. Anyway, you, you felt like center was answered. Let's say Barch was your left guard, right? And let's say 
maybe you're going to let Cam walk because Walker Little has played so well. Walker's going to get the extension this offseason. You're mm-hmm. placing Cam's money with Walker's money, but you got Walker Little, Anton Harrison. And then, okay, Brandon Sheriff leaves. That's part of the life cycle of the offensive line. But I feel like now you're looking at it like, well, damn. Okay, the Sheriff thing, totally understandable. We're not sure about those tackle no. dispositions that we just talked about. And left guard and center are both big question marks for this football team as well. I just think that, that like you tried, like you said, you tried to address it much like you did on the D-line. I just feel yeah, like – You uh, just did it through free agency on the D-line basically. Like if I had to play to, yeah. with Devon Hamilton and Roy Robertson Harris versus Walker Little and Cooper Hodges, right, at their those two interior spots right mm-hmm. now – I feel better about the D lineman. Mm-hmm. I feel that maybe Devon Hamilton just had that medical setback that this is going to be a lost season, that the guy that they saw down the stretch in 2022 is going to return, and that we've seen good play out of Roy yeah. Robertson Harrison. Mm-hmm. I don't times. I don't think there's a whole lot of doubt that for most people, if they were going to replace one of those guys along the offensive or defensive line right now, that Fortner would probably be at the top of the list. Right, like I think he would top the list of that's the most replaceable guy. Yeah. I think in most people's minds right now, I the draft value doesn't necessarily line up with center at seventeen. Right, like that feels like if it's going to happen, it's likely going to be day two of Mid the draft or yeah. in free agency. Something like that is how they would address center. Uh, not so much there at seventeen, which makes it a bit of an odd conversation. Right, because I do think fans prioritize replacing Fortner over most things when it comes to the offensive or defensive line, but that doesn't mean it's going to happen in the first round of the NFL draft. Understood. Um, who, that one center prospect, uh, the guy, I, this I one from Duke. Is that, no, is that right or no? no, there's another uh, Jackson Powers Johnson from Oregon. Okay, we've seen him mock to him in the second. Uh, well, yeah, I saw the first. Like it might have been a PFF. Somebody put out a prospect ranking, right, top 100 or whatever, and he came in like 47th overall, which lines up almost perfect with the Jags' second-round pick. Mm-hmm. Oh, damn, wouldn't that be nice? You know, yeah. now, <laughs> the problem is you can't count on that. Somebody no. said, hey, draft the mauling guard in the first round. All right, I think there will be options there if mm-hmm. you want to go that way, and I don't think it would be that crazy to go that way. Not anymore. Yeah. I, I really don't. Yeah. Not at 17. Um, by the way, I've seen projections where like eight tackles go, most of them right tackles, right? right. And I feel like – the those right tackle guys, not all of them, but some of those guys, you know, still are traditional, the more physical guys. You're looking for that. It, it, it still bends that way. It's it, not as hard as right? it was, but yeah. Now, the Jags do want guys that can move, but then give me a 330-pounder that can move, please. Yeah. <laughs> no, I don't want a 301-pounder that can move, but the point I'm trying to bring up, Jackson Powers Johnson, by some rankings, would be a mid-second-round pick, highest center on the board, okay? Here in Bucky Brooks' mock, has him going 21st overall to Miami. You know, all it takes is that one team like right. you, you and, and I'm not saying that this person, because they didn't name specific players, was locking in on any particular prospect. But that's the danger of like, sure. like somebody said, hey, what if we let Ridley walk and we paid T Higgins five million more per year? That's great. What if T Higgins doesn't make it a free agency? And what if he does? He has six other suitors, three of whom are willing to pay more. Or even if they're not, what if he just chooses to stay in Cincinnati for a few minutes? Yeah, there's so many sure. conditions. And it's the same thing. You can't, you know, if, if the draft but is when you thin hit the button center, in Madden, don't you get that guy that you want? I just, I don't know. I just hit a hard restart and do a duel. I haven't played. 
I couldn't tell you the last time I played Madden. I do know it was when uh, Michael Vick was on the cover, though. So it's been mm. quite a it's while. Been, it's yeah. like Madden 04, I think. I think it is 04 that had Vick on the cover. It was very early. Uh, they used to send us uh, copies over at uh, the other station from time to time. And um, <laughs> we'd, you know, one for the host and give away the rest. And most of those got given away. I got a friend that works down there at EA Sports. Worked yeah. on the, he wrote code for Madden for, for years. For NHL 94. Yeah. Oh, legend. legend. <laughs> Is it 94 or 93? 90. Is that the one where you hit there was blood? No. No, it's, it's just something about. The gameplay, um, I don't know what it was. Uh, it's ninety three or ninety four. Sega, like, right? Yeah, for yeah. Sega Genesis, yeah, right? No, that that people. That's like that was pretty incredible. That yeah. for years, like no matter what hockey game they put out, that's still mm-hmm. to this day like legendary. Ninety four. It was ninety four, right? Uh, you could and if you you could five hole the goalie if you did pass and shot it right at the goal, right? right? And he, it, it slide yeah. that one right through the five hole uh, if you were. If you timed it up right, that was always fun. All right, uh, we'll come back. You do that in Blades of Steel, too. Uh, we we got to get more uh, into Ryan Nielsen and your thoughts on him, John. I keep getting sidetracked here, so let's do that when we come back on the other side. We'll look at today's poll question about, uh, as of now, which direction you think they're most likely to go, the Jags in the first round. And obviously, all that is subject to a lot of change over the next few months. Trent Balky speaking. One day from now at 1130 tomorrow, and we'll endeavor to carry as much of that here as we can on the 1010XL Airwaves, Mike Dempsey, Tony Smith, John Ozier, and Dylan Denmark here with you. This is Jaguars Today on 1010XL and 92.5 FM. Oh, no. With Jaguars.com's John Osher. Brought to you by Kingfish Pest Control. Proud partner of the Jacksonville Jaguars on 1010XL. All right, somebody uh, was sending me something or sending us something on the uh, text line. Um... Where the average all pro at some different positions was picked, but I got it, and I thought, oh, this is kind of interesting. And I thought, wait a minute, was Quentin Nelson is being picked in the sixth round, um, maybe sixth overall? Yeah. Yes, mm-hmm. I think he was sixth overall. So um, it would it'd, it'd be more interesting if it was accurate. Well, I the yeah. I, the point was, I guess, because in 2022, the all pro, the five all pro offensive linemen were. Um, Dra- average draft round was 2.4, okay? You had two first-rounders uh, and Trent Williams and Zach Martin. You had Kel- Jason Kelsey who was a sixth-round pick. You had Joe Tooney, who was a third-rounder, and Daryl Williams with the Bengals was a fourth-rounder. Yeah, let's find one of those guys. Mm-hmm. Right? This year, you had Williams again. You had Tyler Linderbaum was a first-rounder. You had Martin again. And then you had Quentin Nelson, who is a top-ten pick. So that's four first-rounders. This av- And then... The other one is Zach Taylor of the Rams, who was a third-round pick. So four out of five of your old pros were first-round offensive linemen. Um, the lowest taken 25th overall, and that's center, and that's usually where you see the centers mm-hmm. kind of go. And yeah. I would, I mean, sort of stands to reason, but I would think over time, your odds go way, way up on the offensive line. I mean – I guess that's every position. Every position, you would off, think, right? I mean, the better line. players get drafted early. Yeah, Although, yeah. I, I never really got into Somebody had tweeted out, I could find it because I know who did. Um, some of the numbers, if you are a quarterback 
and the, they did a study on certain benchmarks. Are you likely to have 30 passing touchdowns? Yeah, yeah, Are you yeah. likely to have 4,000 yards? It's Dave Kluge over yeah. at football. And it was over it. like a – was, he was looking like at a it over period. a 10-year period. I, yeah, guys that had hit these marks. If you were the number one overall pick at quarterback, you were so overwhelmingly more likely to hit all these benchmarks. Yeah. I mean, even more so than if you were picked second through fifth, the, it's still a huge statistically significant gap between okay. being that guy, being the quarterback in a class, right, I got you. and being a top 10. So he did it versus all first-rounders, versus top 10, versus top 5, and everything. It, and now, got a little bit closer the higher you went, but, you know, you look at that draft. Yeah, there's a reason guys go number one. Trevor Lawrence yeah. likely to be the only first-rounder starting for the team that drafted him okay, out of his yeah, draft, right? Because right? Justin Fields probably uh, at least – like as likely to be on another team next year as he is with the Chicago Bears. None of those other guys likely right. to be starting anywhere. Um, speaking of those other teams, let's go around the National Football League. Now, gems around the NFL, brought to you by Beaches Jewelry and Pawn in Jack's Beach. The Atlanta Falcons will have a second head coaching interview with Houston offensive coordinator Bobby Slowick. The Falcons are expected to interview Detroit OC Ben Johnson and defensive coordinator Aaron Glenn for a second time next week as well. The Washington Commanders will be sending a contingent to Detroit next week for a second round of interviews with Ben Johnson and Aaron Glenn as well for their head coaching job. They had an in-person interview with Houston OC Bobby Slowick last night, so all of them working, fishing from the same pond there. The L.A. Chargers are meeting again with Jim Harbaugh about their head coaching vacancy. The Chicago Bears have hired Seattle offensive coordinator Shane Waldron as their new O.C., and the Las Vegas Raiders are hiring former Chargers general manager Tom Telesco as their new GM today, by the way, is the day that San Francisco is hoping to have more clarity on whether Debo Samuel is mm. going to be available this weekend That's or a not. big one. Yeah. That's a big one. Not broken, the shoulder, no. but um, hopeful to have him this weekend. Uh, two catches for 24 yards is what he ended up with uh, this past week. You could see him watching early, last right? week. Yeah, he got hurt yeah. early, and the offense changed – almost immediately when he got hurt. Like, he is such a big piece of what they do on the offensive side of the ball if he's not available this week. I honestly think that's going to make my choice as to who I think is going to win this week. If if Debo doesn't play, I'm taking Detroit. And if Debo does play, I'm probably taking the 49ers. All right. Uh, well, we'll make those on Friday. Now we know. Now we know. <laughs> now, now we know the, the, the tip-off for Tony. I, I don't blame you yeah, uh, yeah. one bit. Uh, John Ryan Nielsen, what, just, yeah, I'm not expecting you to know – him, chapter and verse, but what are your impressions uh, since they've made the you hire? Know, uh, not having spoken with him yet, um, he, he, he's, uh, as I said earlier, comes with very good reviews from Atlanta. People up there considered him a leader. The players liked him. I uh, thought he was a good teacher. Uh, uh, communicated well. Uh, easy guy to follow, et cetera. All, all those things are positives from a defense coordinator. Can get in front of the room, uh, can lead. You believe in the guy. Um, he r runs a 4-3, but when asked about it in Atlanta, talked more about being multiple, which is what all coordinators do. And his big emphasis is on attack, being aggressive, uh, plays a lot of man. So beyond that, I don't know that much about him. I haven't had a chance to get into a whole lot of detail, uh, dig really deep on philosophy. I think a lot of that will come once he knows the personnel. 
apparently likes to play a lot of man, and right. the Jags played a ton of zone. Mm-hmm. So, you know, there's been a lot of talk about uh, does he try to reshape now, depending on how much influence he has. Somebody said on the text well, give line him the pick. a minute ago, I, I guess, does this mean we're just giving the pick to, to Nielsen in the first <laughs> round? No, the defense coordinator who wasn't here two days ago doesn't get to come in and just get the first round pick. This one's yours. What? If, right. Imagine if it was and he went wide receiver. Like, he's like, yeah, oh. ju- just went <laughs> rogue, up. right. This it, went kind of crazy yeah. on that. You know what? Uh, no, I don't think that Ryan Nielsen, uh, he'll have input into right. what type of defensive players he'd like to see high on the Jags board, but and he should, right, right? if you're going to hire him to run your defense. but um, And, some of, and uh, some of what he did, he's been a coordinator one year. So some of what he did in Atlanta may have been his guys played man well. So I don't know exactly – is this a hard, fast philosophy that he has to play man and he's going to do that whatever personality he has? I don't know that yet. Uh, and, you know, we look at he took this and turned it into this. Well, he took this and they added Jesse Bates in right. free agency, which was a big get. They added mm-hmm. Clayus Campbell. Uh, you know, but at the same time, Troy Anderson, who was expected to have a big breakout season, got hurt early. Right. And Nate Landman was like, like an NFL unknown, had a hell of a season uh, playing for him, and he singled him out as a guy right. that uh, really stepped up for him this all, this season as well. Yeah. So I, uh, you know, I probably said what I know about Nielsen. Um, I think a lot of it will depend on you know uh, personnel and how he adapts to what he has. I don't know exactly how intense the directional change will be. How much they'll be in a three-four versus four-three? Whether they'll want to put uh, a Trayvon and Josh's hands on the ground, uh, we'll find out. Uh, all right, let's hit uh, today's ten ten take pockets. Ten 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 take. Now Mike Dempsey's ten ten take brought to you by Leonard Truck Accessories and Trailers. All right, uh, today's question of the day: Knowing that free agency can change everything, which position group do you think the Jags are most likely to address with the seventeenth pick? This is a Really, obviously, a guessing game because free agency mm-hmm. will shake things up. Um, I'll say as of today, corner, and I'm not trying to go like with the current trend as much, but I do think it's easy to fall in love with a, an elite corner with traits. I think last year, uh, for instance, like Deontay Banks was a guy, had the Jags under, if it had fallen a certain way, had they taken him in the first round, mm-hmm. even with everybody else that they already had in place, I think it would have been justified. And we talked about him yeah. and, and other players in that position. Now you're a step closer to Darius Williams being off this roster. Tyson Campbell's got to get that deal. How big of a deal are you going to get him based on how you feel about him? Do you feel like he is a great fit for Nielsen's scheme? I'm not saying he is or isn't. I, right. that, that's their evaluation to make. Trey Herndon's not under contract. so yeah, I don't think you'll yeah. know on Tyson when you're making that pick. So you're talking about an unknown. So. And, yeah, and if you are, table. that's right. going to be high on your list. And I just feel like if there are all these right tackle types mm-hmm. that maybe can play guard that may qualify for first-round consideration, there may be enough of them yeah. to kind of leak into the second round yeah. that you feel like that's a spot that we can address. Uh, knowing, look, people say, what about wide receiver? What about defensive line? Give me those yeah. other five first-round picks. I'll be happy to use them. Right. <laughs> I think if we had asked this question two weeks ago – independent of whoever the defensive coordinator is going to be, and maybe Nielsen wants to run more man, I would have told you corner, given the position they're in in the draft, and it's still a position of need for the team, right? Like, it is 
they got these guys under contract for one more year. Got to figure out what they're going to do with Tyson Campbell and Darius after this year. Who's the slot corner for him right now anyway? And that's basically a starting position in today's NFL. You have three corners on the field for, what, 80 85% of your snaps? That's a starting position in today's NFL. You're picking 17th in the first round. So there's usually value at corner. There is. You know, at that position specifically. So if you had asked me two weeks ago, independent of whoever was going to become the defensive coordinator, I would have told you most likely of these options, corner. And I still feel that way about it. I may feel that way about it throughout the entire process, but it's still, I feel like it's the most likely, but like in a 35% chance that it's that as compared to 25% chance that it's offensive line, that kind of thing. But that's how I would divide it up. Corner would be how I'd vote. Yeah, the only question you run into with corner, um, if you're taking a guy thinking, okay, we need a slot, uh, is is he a true slot? Is he a, is he a true nickel? I'm not sure you can move Darius or Tyson into that spot. Mm-hmm. Uh, so that would make – where you play guys maybe a little tricky. I'm sure it's solvable, but it would be a question. Uh, I'm still going to go offensive line, uh, and maybe it's just because I locked in on that early. But I'll, I'll still say offensive line. Hey, look, none of us really know right now. I'll, I'll say this. I don't think we've talked enough about what if, let's say, they love a guy like Jared Verse, right, who just a pass, an edge rusher. And we always say you can never have too much. Edge rushers, right? Well, mm-hmm. are they any better off at that position now than they were last year when nope. we thought that would be potentially in play and it was a big issue, a, a big hole to be filled? That's always a premium uh, position 100%. in the first round, yeah. right? So, and, and I'm not saying that tops the list of needs at all because you feel pretty decent about your starters there right. beyond that. But, you know, are you drafting depth in the first round? Well, if you don't get it in the first round at that position, sometimes you don't get it, right? Sometimes you and don't third, get that. A third edge rusher is almost not even depth. Yeah. A third rusher. Meaning he's going to play a lot. Yeah. yeah. Right. No, I understand. Right. But he's not necessarily going to be a starter. A glaring need. You know what? I, like, yeah, I like you. you can make the case. And Trayvon and I, Walker was I'm a starter. I'm just saying yeah. that the need is no less to me. Yeah. Right. It's just that there are more needs now. I sure. think I think last year we could focus in on a few areas. Some of them are still needs, but it was more concentrated. At least it feels mm-hmm. that way right now. If that makes sense. By the way, offensive line pulling in forty seven percent, twenty seven and a half for corner, eighteen percent for D line, either spot tackle or uh, edge, and a wide receiver only at seven percent right now. You can vote at MD underscore ten ten XL. Let's uh, welcome in XL primetime. Now, the two-minute drill, brought to you by Tire Outlet. Tire Outlet is now hiring. Visit tireoutlet.com slash careers, equal opportunity employer. Hi, right, Mia O'Brien is here from XL Primetime. Hello, Mia. Howdy, hey. How we doing? Uh, we're fine. Uh, Trent Balky talks tomorrow. Uh, if, if you could get him to answer it definitively, mm-hmm. what is the number one thing you would want him to answer definitively? Mm. That's a great question. Well, thankfully, or shouldn't I? I shouldn't say thankfully, because apparently my tweet was too cryptic, and a lot of you who read it didn't read between the lines. I am scheduled to be speaking to the Mandarin Women's Club at the same time that Trent Balky will be addressing reporters, <laughs> so I actually will not be at the presser tomorrow. Um, in terms of questions, I would ask um, that you need a definitive answer to: uh, Was this? 
because everything yeah it's it's tough because I, like as as you're asking this I'm thinking about how he could spin it you know like I would love to say I'm gonna, yeah but if he couldn't spin it if he right. had to give you just mm-hmm. the straight answer the real answer what, yes. what do you need to know the real answer is um, why is Press Taylor still employed okay if if you had if you had the questions about the offense that have been reported why has there not been a significant change on that side of the ball well my guess would be because. It's not the GM's purview to fire the assistant coaching staff, but th- that's the, the right. whole thing. Like, who's making this decision? That's what I want to. Who hired Nielsen? Is is he your pick? Well, Pete Prisco reported on on Jaguars today here that you know he sat in on the interviews, right? But which is interesting. You can sit in on the interviews. That doesn't mean you have. A lot of people sit in on the interviews. They don't all have final say. Correct. Right. So who has it? It, it did. Doug really want somebody else? And how is this a, a setup for success? If the head coach wants to hire somebody for his staff and the GM overrules him or is allowed to overrule him. We don't know definitively that that's what happened, but that's what's being talked about anyway. So we'll see. I'm sure he will try to give you whatever answer he wants to give. And I guess we'll have to ask him, uh, did you seriously consider retirement uh, per (laughs) that report that uh, I even got some flack online for, oh, are you guys the title of your Prisco interview is clickbait? Well, you clicked, so guess what, guy? That's that's how it goes. I mean, Pete, I thought... Might if you listen to his comments on the initial podcast two weeks ago, he quickly kind of went, "Well, yeah, I'm hearing this," and they're like, "What?" And I'm like, yeah, no, I, don't I don't think there's it. anything yeah. to this. So we kind of gave Pete a, a, a soft landing if you wanted to, and he's like, "No, no, he thought about retiring. He was flat out pointed about it." So I, I don't know what the title was. No, trust me, I'm I'm with you. Like, I mean, he, I had some he, reporters he, texting me yesterday, being like, "Did Pete back off it?" And I was like, "No, uh, he, no, quite he, the opposite." He, he, he tripled down on it, <laughs> uh, and and that's fine. I mean, that and I'm not. I, I trust that Pete is not just making things up out of thin air. No. You know, that's not what he does. And, I so. mean, look, like, I heard it floated from a source, too, but in the same vein that Pete floated it on that podcast of, like, it was something that was floated, like, as if, like, well, I could just retire, like, in jest, um, that some people took as gospel. Like, that was kind of how I heard it, which is why I dismissed it immediately as, like, this is yeah, but just. I'll say this. If, if you just throw something out there in jest, like, in what environment did you throw that out there who was even witness to that and who then heard that and took that clearly to be something more than you know what i mean like mm-hmm. like you can spin it any way you want and we may never know the true right answer to that but i hope he gets asked that as well did you consider retirement this offseason and and if so how close was that to a reality i mean there are a lot of things anyway we'll uh, we'll carry that tomorrow i'm sure it will probably spill over into xl prime time oh most definitely the hammer will be in attendance so will the one the only gus Logue. so we will have it covered on 1010xl social channels and of course the hammer will also keep us posted on the airwaves um coming up on today's program we of course will discuss uh what else your jacksonville jaguars we'll also get into some transfer portal rankings and denny thompson wasn't able to be with us on monday he joins us at two o'clock today it's crazy to think boys we're closing in on the combine, a little over a month away, and I know Denny and his crew will be out there, and so uh, we'll get into a little bit of draft prep and maybe even look at some of the quarterbacks. Not that this team is looking at quarterback, but yeah. hey, we'll yeah. look at them. We'll Depends on which uh, Jaguar fan you talk Jaguars to. Today, you <laughs> right. want to put in charge of the draft. And All by right. the way, I love the the low key Johnny O today with the rock and the salmon colored shorts. Did I say? Oh, no, not Just black. Just, Just black, black, but the, the back yeah. of the t-shirt you got okay. the salmon color. Low, right. low key J- Johnny yeah. O. Let's go. I've never known him any other way, quite frankly. Uh, Johnny O, what do you got coming up? Uh, obviously, you'll write about what Trent Balky has to say tomorrow. Yeah, that's pretty much uh, that'll be the news this week, and that'll be the focus uh, 
of the website. So we'll see what he says. Uh, listen tomorrow right here on 1010XL AM or uh, 92.5 FM or stream along at Jaguars.com. Trent Balky will speak at 1130 tomorrow. Uh, that'll do we'll it for there. us today. Uh, for Johnny O, Tony Smith, Dylan Denmark, I'm Mike Dempsey. Appreciate you all tuning in today and being a part of the program. Uh, John Shipley in for the first hour mm-hmm. tomorrow, and then we'll carry the Trent Balky press conference in hour number two. That's uh, tomorrow on Jaguars Today here on 1010XL and 92.5 FM.